God is a good God. Come on and put those hands together and give them praise. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I just want to share this quick testimony with you real quick. And then we're going to move on um, in the service. Back in October, uh, I believe I had asked the church to Pray with me regarding my aunt. She had been diagnosed with uh, cancer, and they didn't know how long that she had. They, they said that if she did chemo, she would have up to four years to live. If she didn't do the chemo, that uh, she would have four months to live. And uh, she started the chemo process, and uh, that's why the one I think it was November, uh, the end of October, early November, I was out of town a lot, taking my mom um, down to Mississippi to see about her. And this past Thursday, she. Um, had a doctor's appointment, and she had to go to the doctor to see how the chemo uh, was doing and how was it, you know, if it was helping uh, the cancer. And so my mom, she was nervous. She was, my aunt was nervous. My cousins, they were all nervous and upset. Um, but every day we had been praying as a family, every day. Um, someone would send a text out at 1030 to say, it's time to pray. It's praying time. So all of us down in Mississippi, folks in Illinois, I'm here. We're all over um, praying at 1030. From 1030 to 11, we were praying every day. Um, that God, and we were just believing God for a miracle, uh, for God to do uh, the impossible. And she went to the doctor on this past Thursday, and the doctor said that her blood pressure, her oxygen, and her and her heart rate are all good. Are all good. But the best part about it is that she is thirty percent cancer free. That's a spot right there to praise God. 30% cancer free. Doctors can't explain it. They can't. They're trying to look it up and find it in the medical books. They're trying to research it and make sense of it. I say you can look as long as you want to. You may not understand, but I know because the prayers of the righteous avail them much, saints of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I told my mother that's the best Christmas gift we all could have ever gotten as a family. Knowing and we know that we have some ways to go, but just by God doing this much, he's just showing us, listen, I am working things out even though you may not see me working, even though things may not look like it sometimes. He said, but I am believing God for 100% cancer free that God is going to supernaturally intervene into her body and take everything out that's not like him. Somebody ought to give, praise, give God praise right there. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good, saints of God. God is good. Just by us even having Dante here in our presence, that's a blessing. Many families are not, are not able to, they have their children coming back, but their children are coming back in boxes. But we have a living testimony by him being able to walk in here and talk. That's a blessing, saints. That is a blessing that only God could be able to do for us. Amen. So I am excited about what God is, what God is going to do, what God is doing, and what he has already done in our lives. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, verse 28. Those that are able to stand, let us stand uh, for the reading and the reverence of God's word. I'm just, my heart is just bubbling over this morning. Saying, if I was the singing preacher, I would sing. I'm not, I, I promised myself I wouldn't do that again until 2011 once I learned me a couple of songs. Never, you know, no, not today, not today, not today. <laughs> he said make a joyful noise. I got to work on that joyful part so it can be 
Amen. So it can be a nice noise and not just noise, but joyful. Amen. <laughs> Genesis chapter 37, uh, verse 23. Verse 28, I'm sorry. And it says, then as the Midianite, the Ishmaelites merchants were passing by, the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the well. And they sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites who took Joseph captive in to Egypt. I want you to turn to your neighbor and encourage your neighbor on today and say, neighbor, neighbor. he left you there to bless you there. Come on, find a neighbor on the other side and encourage and tell him, I, he left you there to bless you there. Now find somebody behind you and encourage them behind you and tell them, say, he left you there to bless you there. Amen. Father God, we just come before you, Lord God. We already feel your presence. Oh, God, that's already in this place. And, God, we ask and pray that you will be with us, oh, God, and that you will open up our hearts, our minds, and our spirits, oh, God, that we can be able to receive a word from you on today. And we ask all these things in your name. We pray, and all of God's people said, amen. amen. He left you there to bless you there. Joseph, whose name means he adds, is a man known for having great character and great integrity. He's favored by his father Jacob in his old age and the, barren of his, the barrenness of his mother Rachel. Um, God intervenes and opens up her womb and allows her to give birth to the son. Joseph um, is unique. He's different. Um, he's not like the rest of his brothers. He's not just your regular Joe, um, but he's just a different person that has a different, there's a difference that's upon his life that, that, that distinguishes him from everybody else um, that's within his family. Um, the Bible says that he has dreams, but I don't believe these dreams were just regular dreams. You know, you might have sat, you might have, right before you lay down and went to bed, you might have had some chicken and you have a crazy dream about chickens running around, you know, outside. Just have, you know, sometimes they say what you eat may determine what kind of dreams you have but Joseph didn't have just these types of dreams but Joseph had he had profound dreams he had uh, prophetic dreams he had dreams that really um, meant something he had dreams that really blew the minds of others that others weren't even able to understand um, these dreams that Joseph were having they thought Joseph was crazy Elder Robinson because he's having these dreams he go and tell his brothers that out there in the field he said you know what I had about you know as we out here you know, out here in the field, I had a dream the other night that you, mama, and daddy, and the rest of the brothers, y'all was, you know, sitting there bowing, your sheaves and everything were bowing down to me. And he said, Joseph, you're crazy. You're crazy, Joseph. How can it be that we're bowing down to you? You're our youngest brother. It should be that you're bowing down to us. So they didn't understand um, what God was, what the dreams that God was giving, uh, giving the dreams that God was giving Joseph because the dreams that God gave Joseph, they were so prophetic that they may not make sense now, but they made sense later on that God was dealing with Joseph about some things that were to come. Everything didn't always come in the avenue right then at that moment, but he dealt with him about things that were um, to come. And so his brothers, they become jealous. Um, they become haters against, uh, they, they become haters against Joseph because they're not able to understand his dreams. His dreams are blowing um, their minds. He's given revelation to many but is also intimidating to a few others. 
And so he has this dream, and the Bible says that, listen, his father favored him so much that he made a distinctive garment for him to put on. That uh, The Bible says that it was a coat of many different colors. And so Joseph had this garment on, and this garment was a representation of the favor um, that Joseph had upon his life. And so his brothers, you know, you can't really show you have a whole bunch of kids. You can't show um, distinct favoritism to one and not the others because when you show favoritism to one and you don't do to the others, you're going to have the four brothers. They're going to get mad at the other brother because you're showing favoritism they won't ever take it up with the parent that's actually showing the favoritism but they get mad at the kid when the kid is saying listen I haven't done anything I'm just enjoying the favor of God that's on my life and so they get mad at Joseph and the Bible says that they took they ripped the garment off of Joseph and they put him into a, they put him into a system they put him into a um they put him into a barren um, being that, that they had Joseph in. And the Bible says that they put him in there and they tried to get rid of Joseph. They tried to kill Joseph. But one brother said, but listen, look, this is our brother. How can we kill our brother? This is our relative. This is our brother. They said, okay, but then we won't kill him. We said, we'll just get rid of him. We'll sell him and we'll tell daddy that, you know, some ferocious animal came up and, and attacked Joseph and took him out and all these different things. He said, hey, listen, even to make our lie go even better, let's put some blood, you know, on, on the garment. So when we take it back to daddy, that he really have proof to know um, that something has happened um, to Joseph. But what the brothers failed to realize, they thought for some odd reason um, that without Joseph having this, this, this having this distinctive garment on his body that the favor of God would no longer be on his life. But they had it twisted. They had it all mixed up. They had it all wrong. And that it did not matter if Joseph had the coat of many colors on the knot. That the favor of God was yet still on his life. Many people, they take it all. Oh, but you know what? They only got favor because they working on that job. They only got favor because they only got favor because they got the degree. They only got favor because of this. They got favor because of that. But what people fail to realize is that it does not matter what I have. It doesn't matter where I am, but when the favor of God is on my life, the favor of God is just on my life. So it doesn't matter. I can be outside in the wilderness, in the desert, but the favor of God will still be on my life. Listen, I can have people telling lies on me from A to Z, but it does not matter because the favor of God will yet still be on my life. I can be persecuted. I can be chastised. I can be talked about. I can be put down. I can be bruised. I can be whatever. But as long as the favor of God is upon my life, it does not matter what comes my way because the favor is still on my life and so they thought that if we take this from Joseph then he won't prosper if we take this garment off of Joseph he won't make it if we take this garment off of Joseph he'd be just like us he'd be just like us he'd be the, the typical brother out here working in the Typical brother out here working in the field. But Joseph had a favor on his life that was not just given by his father, but it was also given by his heavenly father. That he had a favor upon his life that everything that he did prosper. Every place that he went was blessed all because Joseph was there. Listen, I came to let somebody know today, don't allow your location to affect your favor. Don't allow where you are right now in your life to affect the favor that God has on your life. Oh, I hear so many people say all the time, oh, I'm ready to get out of Carbondale. Oh, I'm ready to get out of Southern Illinois. If you can't make it in Carbondale, if you can't make it in Southern Illinois, what makes you think that you're going to be able to make it in a big city called New York, in a big city called Chicago? If you can't budget your money right and get stuff in order here in Carbondale, you're surely not going to be able to make it in a big city. And so people get it confused. They get it confused. 
used and we think sometimes, oh, I have to be in a certain place in order for me to be blessed. Oh, I have to have a certain job in order for me to be blessed. I have to surround myself by certain people in order to be blessed. Oh, no, 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 no. Your blessings does not come from people. Your blessing does not come from the north, east, the south, or the west. But your blessings come strictly and directly from God. So it does not matter where you are, saints of God, right now in your life. When the favor of God is on your life, God will bless you no matter where you are. God will bless you no matter where your location is. Whether if you have a telephone, whether you have direct connect with anybody, it does not matter. All that matters is that the hand of God is upon my life. Now, I have a big problem when the hand of God begins to leave my life because then I know that I have done something that God has departed and took his hand off of my life. Now, that's the reason to get worried then, saints. When God takes his hand off of your life. And so, listen. They, they still, they still, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to seem, they're trying to scheme to get Joseph. They're still trying to, they're still trying to minimize him. And so they throw him into a pit. They throw him into an empty cistern. A cistern was a, it was a, uh, uh, was a container that was, that was made to hold water. So in, in st- now instead of it holding water, now it's holding Joseph. What was meant to destroy Joseph, what was meant to take him out, What was meant to contain him, what was meant to confine him was God's instrument of preserving him for what was to come. We have to understand, saints of God, we can never ignore the order of God. We can never ignore the timing of God. And we have to know and realize that God works. If we talked about in Sunday school this morning, that God is sovereign. He can do what he want to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. And he doesn't have to check with you and I to, be, to see if it's the right time that he desires to do it. And so God begins to orchestrate and he begins to work systematically in our lives to allow certain things to happen in order to get us into position for where it is to come. Joseph probably didn't even realize. He's probably thinking to himself, listen, if I got so much favor on my life, if I'm so blessed, why in the world am I in a pit? If God's hand is upon my life, I got the favor of my earthly father, I got the favor of my heavenly father, then why in the world am I sitting here in a container that's made the whole water, but it's holding me? If I have so much favor on my life, why is it that my brothers hate me? They don't like me. They don't try to kill me. They don't lie to daddy. My mama is gone. What in the world am I supposed to do? But I'm so blessed and highly favored. And so he's in this pit. He's in this pit. He's in this thing that's trying to, con- that's trying to contain him, that's trying to take him out. What was meant to destroy him. Says of God, you have to beware and you have to discern the season of life that you're in. Because some things you think that the God, some things you think have been there to destroy you. God is using those things to grow you and to mature you into where he's getting ready to take you to into the next season of your life. And so we must beware and we must always be conscious of what's going on and the timing that we're living in in our life. Because sometimes God allows certain things to come into our life to warn us about what's to come. And because we're so caught up in the flesh and we're so caught up in having the favor of God, we ignore the season that we're in and we ignore what God is trying to get us to receive from that season. But we're so caught up. I'm so favored by God. I'm so favored. I'm so blessed. But we miss the season that we're in and what God is trying to deposit on the inside of us. God put Joseph into the, he allowed him to be placed within that pit because God was preserving his life. 
What the enemy had meant for good, God came in and turned that thing around and made it. What the enemy meant for bad, God came in and turned that thing around for his good. God was preserving Joseph's life. Never think for a second, well, you know what? God, I feel like you got me on mute. God, I feel like you're not listening to me. God, I feel like you're not hearing me when I pray to you. God, I feel like you're not close to me anymore. God, I feel like you're doing, you allowing certain things to happen in my life because, God, have I done something wrong? Did I say something wrong? Did I act the wrong way? When God is trying to get you to understand, no, it's not that child of God. I love you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. But right now, I have you in the season when I am preserving your life. I am preserving you because I cannot allow you to become contaminated. I cannot allow you to become contaminated around the stuff that you're around. I have to get you to a place and I have to remove you from certain places. I have to remove you from certain situations. I have to remove you from around certain people so that you won't become contaminated. And God's way of allowing you not to become contaminated, he has to preserve your life. Saints of God, you got to be careful who you hang around with. You got to be careful who you associate with. You got to be careful who you connect with. Because everybody, everybody, they see, some people, they see the favor of God that's on your life. They see the blessings of God that's on your life. They see the anointing of God that's on your life. And they attach to you just like a, uh, just like what's those little things that attach to leeches? They attach to you. They attach to you just like leeches. Not so that they can deposit stuff. Not so that they can give you something, but so that they can take something out of you. And they use it for their own benefit. People are trying to rub off your anointing. People are trying to rub off the favor that God has placed on your life. You've been through hell and high water to get what you got. But somebody wants to come along and attach next to you. And reap the benefits of what God has done in your life. You must be careful not to associate with certain people who only come into your life to, to who only come into your life to take, but never wants to make a deposit, but always wants to make a withdrawal. Joseph's brothers had a religious spirit. You say, well, preacher, what are you talking about a religious spirit? Joseph's brothers, they had a religious spirit because they were trying to contain the God on the inside of Joseph. They put him in the pit. They tried to kill him. He's saying he's having these wild, crazy dreams. We can't believe it. We don't understand it. And they're trying to suppress the God that's on the inside of Joseph because the God that was on the inside of Joseph intimidated his brothers. And because Joseph, because because of where you're going, because we see the anointing that's on your life, before it gets too big, before you start thinking you over us and we older than you, we're going to bring it on down, Brother Joe. And we're going to suppress this thing that's on the inside of you that God has placed on the inside. And so they have this religious spirit because they want Joseph to remain who he is. They want Joseph to remain the status quo quo, so that they can be able to stay on top. So that they can be able to stay on top of Joseph. So that they can be in control and Joseph not be in control. Now Joseph is sold into slavery. And he's working for Potiphar. He experiences some bad encounters while he's there. And the Bible says that Joseph, the Potiphar's wife, lies on him and says, listen, she invited. The Bible says Joseph was a good looking man. It said he was handsome. He was well built. He had a six pack. He had the muscles, had all that stuff. It's ready, ready. He was ready. 
And the Bible says Potiphar's wife, she was walking through the house one day and she caught a glimpse of it. She said, wait a minute, that's not the little Joseph I remember when we were going to visit. This Joseph done got bigger. And he ain't got, Potiphar ain't got what he got. And she gave Joseph that look one day. She said, Joseph, why don't you just come on? We have a secret prayer meeting in the room. Joseph said, no. Joseph said, no, I'm not going. She said, come on, Joseph. You know, we just support you lay hands for a little bit, and then you go on about your way. She said, no. She said, we're not, Joseph said, we're not touching the green. The Potiphar's not here. We're not doing that. No. Won't have anybody to catch your sister. We're not going to do it. And so the Bible says that Joseph, that she grab, and she becomes aggressive, and she grabs Joseph, and she catches a hold of him. She said, listen, you going to come in here with me tonight, Joseph. And the Bible says that Joseph runs out of his clothes and he leaves the place, but she lies on Joseph and says, Potiphar, your old servant tried to sleep with me. So the Bible says that Joseph is now thrown into uh, prison. He's thrown into prison, but even while he's in prison, he still has the favor of God on his life. Because while he's in prison, the Bible says that he becomes the head of the prison. How in the world are you a prisoner? You become the head of all those uh, around. Uh, you become a head of all the other inmates, and you're an inmate. It was the favor of God that was upon his life because in every step, in every way that God was taking him, in every persecution, in every trial, in every tribulation that Joseph was experiencing, it was all preparing Joseph for what was to come. And Joseph had to be obedient to God to be able to stay right where he was and to follow and not try to divert and go his own way, but go in the leading of the Lord, saints of God. God has left you in certain places because in those places, God desires to bless you but what happens is saints of God we become impatient because of the timing of God we become impatient because God is not moving in our time frame we become impatient because God is not moving in the way that we desire for him to move and because he's not moving because he's not doing what we desire for God to do we become impatient we become upset we become mad at God and we move out of the will of God and we do our own thing and we jack ourselves up we mess ourselves up because we fail to be obedient the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice we fail to be obedient to what God has already ordained and what God has already predestined in our life to take place and we become disobedient and we walk out and we miss out on the blessings that God has for our life and we look back and say only if I had listened if only I had stayed and you look back and that's a bad feeling when you have to look back at something and wish dang if I had only stayed if I had only listened God was, he was doing something. I was right on the edge. But I failed. I failed to follow God, but I followed after my flesh and did what my flesh wanted to do. The Bible says that now Potiphar, he starts having dreams and Joseph is in prison. He starts, he starts interpreting certain dreams for certain individuals. He starts doing land. He starts saying some deep stuff now. And the Bible says that Joseph told the baker, he said, listen, you know, I'm going to interpret your dream and you're going to get, you're going to go back and get, go back to Potiphar's house. But make sure when you go to the ruler's house, you let him know about me because I've been in prison for a long time. I'm ready to go. 
And so the, 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 pot, the butler goes back, but he mentions nothing about Joseph. He mentions nothing about Joseph. So now Joseph is still in, Joseph is now still in prison. And now Potiphar uh, begins to have certain dreams. God uh, begins to deal with Potiphar about some certain things, about some things that were, that were to come, that they were going to have seven years of harvest, seven years of blessings, and that they were going to have seven years of famine, and that he needed to prepare for the famine that was to come, and that he needed to put somebody in, in position to be able to be the governor over Egypt and he started calling for the magicians he started calling for different people to come and interpret his dreams but no one could be able to interpret his dreams and so now the butler remembers oh I remember brother Joseph the guy I met in the prison he said listen go get Joseph call Joseph he didn't interpret some dreams for me and everything that he said came to pass he said call Joseph have him come down here and interpret your dreams for him and so the bible says that part of a call Joseph he comes and he interprets the dream and next and 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 and, and, and uh, Joseph tells him I lost my train of thought, saints of God. I lost my train of thought, but that's all right. So Joseph now um, tells Potiphar, he lets him know that, listen, you need to put someone in position that you can be able to trust. You need to put someone that has character, someone that has integrity to, to be able to govern over Egypt. And so Potiphar decides, he decides to place Joseph in that position. Now, wait a minute, saints of God. How in the world is it? He shouldn't have been here in the first place. His mom was barren. His dad was old. So they're already right there. Knocks him out. Shouldn't be here. God allows his mother's womb to be open. And he comes to the world. Now he comes to the world. He's hated by his, by his family. So he got two odds against him. He shouldn't be here. Now he's hated by his family. Next, his brothers try to kill him. Then they throw him in the pit. So he has all of this stuff going for him. But yet the favor of God is on his life. And so he's thrown, uh, he's sold into captivity. He's sold into slavery. He's in slavery. He's doing all these different things. He goes to Potiphar's house. He's lied on Potiphar. Now he's in prison. He has all of this stuff against him. But the Bible says that everywhere that Joseph went, his house, everything that he touched was blessed. Potiphar said, everything in my house has been blessed because this man has been in my house. So he has all these odds against him. But yet the favor of God is on his life. That lets us know right there, saints of God, that it does not matter what you may be enduring right now. It does not matter what you have endured. It does not matter what you will endure. All that matters is that the favor of God is upon your life. And many, many people won't not, they won't like it. They won't like it. They won't like it. They will become intimidated because the God on the God on the inside of you will push something on the inside of them to cause them to come up and to become more spiritually mature. But because they won't, they become intimidated because of what God is doing in your life. When the Bible says that God's no respect of a person, what he's done for one, he will do the same thing for you. And so now Potiphar, he's put in the position, he's put in the position as the governor of Egypt. Wow. God, do you mean to tell me that everything that I went through, everything that I encountered, everything that I experienced was right now for this moment right here? Everything that I had to give up, every every persecution, every heartache, every abuse, every word that was said to me was all to get me ready for right here. Saints of God, never neglect, never ignore what you're going through. So many times we're focused on what we're going through 
But we focus on the issue, we focus on the problem, but we fail to focus on God. We fail to focus on how awesome God is. Oh, just taking some time right now and just think about how awesome God is in your life. Because listen, truth be told, there's been some situations in your life, there's been some times where your back has been up against the wall and you should not even be sitting where you are right now. But because of the awesomeness of God, because of the supernatural power of God, because of how extremely miraculous and how God moves supernaturally and how he interferes and how he intervenes in human affairs, sometimes just blows your mind. God, do you mean to tell me I went through all of that hell in my life so you will prepare me for this right here? Because what Joseph did not realize, that God was setting him up not only to bless him, but to bless his family. Because there was a famine that was about to come, Elder Robinson. There was a famine that was about to come, and nobody was going to have food. The dogs would even have dog food to eat. Miller, they ain't got nothing. They got two empty bowls sitting there looking at each other. But God allowed all that stuff to happen in Joseph's life. Because he said, listen, I left you right where you were because that's the place I wanted to bless you. That's the place I wanted to bless you. And because you've been obedient, because you have not questioned what I've done, Yes, you may have grown weary. Yes, you may have grown upset. Yes, you may, some days you didn't know if you was going right or left, but you was following God. And because you've been obedient and you surrendered and yielded yourself to me, he said, I'm going to bless you at the place where you should have been captive. I'm going to bless you at the place that should have been your place of death. I'm going to bless you at the place so that others around you have talked to who have talked about you, who have done you wrong, can be able to see. I'm a living witness of what God can do. I'm a living testimony of what God can do when you yield your life towards him, when you surrender your life to him in total surrenders and in total obedience unto him. God blessed Joseph right where he was at. This wasn't home. He was away from home. But God blessed him in that place. Not so much for him. But so that he could be a blessing to others. God has left you at where you're at right now. Because he wants to do some supernatural things in your life. So that others can be able to look and say... That's God's doing right there. People can be able to look at you and say, the hand of God is on their life. I know it because I know what they've gone through. I know, I, 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 know some, I know some of the story of what they had to endure. And the only way they were able to get through what they went through is because the hand of the Lord was upon their lives. And saints, that's some of us today right now. <laughs> you don't know how bills were paid. You don't know how way, literally you have seen God in walls, make doors in walls just to make a way for you. Just to make a way for you. And you can't take the credit for it. (laughs) I wouldn't try it if I were you. Something may happen to you. I don't want to be around you. But he did it. 
so that others can see that I still work miracles today. I still operate in the miraculous. I still do the unbelievable. I still blow human minds today. (laughs) Not only did I do it in Bible times, but I still do it today. In the 21st century, he left you right where you were so that he could be able to bless you there. Never take for granted for where God had you. Even those, even those right now that are saying, I'm ready to leave from Carbondale, make sure that when you go, God releases you to go. And that you're not leaving due to your flesh. Because when you walk out to the flesh, you will reap the benefits of the flesh. The doors of the church are open. If there's anyone here that has not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, I invite you to come to know about this God, this King, this Lord that we've been singing about, that we've been um, shouting about, the one that we've been lifting our hands to. I invite you to come. You may not have a church home, but we invite you to become a part of our church home.